0: It's time to present Scott Dupont to bring you another episode of Finance Your Movie with tips and strategies to help you get your money to tell your story. It's time! all right we're back with another episode i am here today with cal barnes actor writer producer and he directed his first feature the astrid experience welcome cal hey scott thanks so much for having me it's great to be here um so the astrid experience um i guess leading up to that it looks like a familiar pattern we see a lot with with um up and coming filmmakers, you had done a couple shorts and one or two music videos, correct? And then that led to this feature.
1: Yeah, um, I've been acting before I made this film. See, so we started in two thousand nineteen, so I've been acting for about ten years. And um, I moved to LA just to be an actor. I acted for a couple years, and I kind of quickly saw that um, it was a very uphill battle. Um, talent was obviously required, but everyone had talent, and it was really kind of uh, very. I sort of luck driven in a sense, kind of um, who you had connections to. And there was just like a lot of luck involved. And I just didn't really see that as a good business plan um, early on. And so I started writing a couple of years after that. And so I'd written about, um, as of now, I've written 20 feature screenplays. And I think um, when we made Astrid, I'd written about 17. And Astrid, Astrid was my 12th feature script. Yeah.
0: Where'd you come from before you moved to LA? So I'm originally
1: from Oregon. I was born in Salem and I went and studied drama at Portland State University. So I took an acting class there, um, found what I, you know, college is all about exploring, figuring out what you want to do with life. So I found acting and I was like, this is it. You know, I found something I love to do. And so
0: I packed up my car with a couple hundred bucks and moved to L.A. (laughs) Awesome. Well, you, you and me both, I figured out probably just a few years into the acting thing, it's there's a lot of luck there's a lot of timing who you know and even if you have the best audition in the world and you're the best actor yeah. you might not match up with a cast that already have there, there's a zillion reasons why they could say no so you and I both figured out hey why not produce so we could have a little bit of control over our careers
1: oh absolutely I, mean, I can't tell you how many roles I've lost to like I've had the best audition the producers have told me and then I ended up losing it to a child actor a child star. And it's just really frustrating. You know, um, you learn so much that it's really there's so many other factors than especially in acting than just being a good actor. There's so many other factors. And now that I'm a producer, I understand that. So I don't I don't really resent it like I used to because I get how the business works, but it doesn't make it any less frustrating
0: for sure. So let's jump right in to the Astrid experience. Um Tell us about, I guess in 2018, you mentioned a financing opportunity came around and then you wrote and adapted it to fit a micro budget.
1: Yeah. So, uh, my friend, John Thad, uh, he's a really talented musician. He's uh, half the band of this band called Academy. They're like a mid-level band. They're doing really well right now. Uh, they got a couple songs on NBA 2K, uh, 2020 and 2021. And, um, yeah, I directed his music video for one of his most popular uh, music videos. I wrote directed and produced it called Hippie Girl um, by John Thatt. And we did that in I think 2014. And we knew we had a good time. Um it was just a day shoot, really quick, but the music video is really cool. And we knew we wanted to work together again. And um he came to me, he was like, Hey, you have anything we can produce, you know, like a feature script we could produce on a on a micro budget, something that we could make ourselves. And so I went through my my log or of all my scripts and um i had this one script outline i wrote in 2012 about this um based off this experience i have with this actress where we took this uh i think we were working together um or dating or something and we we just took this walk through la and we had this like really interesting conversation and um i remember during that time i was really inspired by mumble the mumblecore movement of people just going out and shooting films on dslr cameras so the mumblecore was, movement yeah you ever heard of mumblecore no so it's like um, a lot of the first films the low budget films made by made by uh, outside of the studio system right when dslr cameras came out um some films would be like cold weather by aaron katz um this is when the duplass brothers came up they were some of the first pioneers of making these small movies um they're shoestring budget films like the first shoestring budget films um very slice of life films um you know very focused on acting and writing so I was very inspired by that at the time. And so I just started writing scripts like that. And so I had a couple and I never got around to producing them. It was still relatively difficult uh, to produce a feature compared to what it is now. Um, but I had them. And so when John came to me and he said, uh, you know, do you have something we could produce? I had this script that we could make already ready to go. And so I took the script. I infused about, you know, another seven years of life into it um, that I, that I experienced and I finished it and it ended up being, uh, I think the name of the script was called the overnight romance Los Angeles project. And then it ended up being becoming the Astrid experience.
0: So you self-financed this, what was the, uh, the total budget that on, on the production side?
1: Yeah. So the production budget was 13
0: K cash, I believe and about 4,000 deferrals. So we, we call it about 17. Okay. And that, that you and John, Put in that money no outside investors yeah John John financed about 75 80 percent of it and then I financed
1: the other 20 percent okay and um, that was yeah, that got us from from script so from script phase to in the can in five months
0: okay awesome so then one of the one of the reasons I want to have you on the show because um, you then cut a trailer and then you use that to raise a whole bunch more money using weFunder yeah. So i had been listening to
1: a lot of podcasts at the time when we were making this film, I was just trying to learn about the micro budget film world, the independent film world, especially as a produ- from a producing angle. And I've been keeping up with it for quite a long time. Um, so I knew it was kind of possible. And so I listened to these podcasts. And I was trying to figure out how to finance because, you know, me and John's, all our experience was in, pro- you know, pro- uh, pre-production and production. So all my experience was in pre-production as like a writer and production as an actor. So I had a lot of time on set and a lot of time like working in the pre-production phase. Um, John had a lot of time in production. He worked, um, he did a lot of PA jobs on some big shows for like Netflix. So he had a lot of experience in that. Neither of us had any experience in post. So when we got to post-production, we just hit a wall, like a major wall. We didn't have anything lined up. We didn't know anybody. We didn't know how much it was going to cost. Um, we just really just was, you know, when we wanted to make the movie, we're like, let's just keep going because we had momentum. I didn't want to like stop and figure, try to figure that out because I knew it would kill us. And I honestly, I think that was the right decision. Um, It was better to have it actually shot than not have it shot. Um, So anyways, it just became this big learning, this big learning time where I had to like spend time educating myself. You know, we, we interviewed a lot of Sundance directors trying to figure out like what the market rates were. Like we were just trying to figure out how we're going to get through this. It was very long and frustrating. Um and also how to finance it. We realized we we're going to need um at least as much if not more money than we had to shoot the movie. Um especially because the reason we could shoot it for so low is we used all the resources that I had and he had over the course of like 10 years of being here and I also wrote a script um to I fit that. Right. I learned how to write for budgets. And so, you know, that's also a developed skill is like, just, I made a list of everything we had, you know, our locations, friends, and just that, that was one reason why we could get it, get it made for that, uh, get it in the can for that
0: low. So, so what was the total, what was the total post-production budget and delivery budget from where you were to where you actually got it delivered to people can actually watch the movie. We'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. What was that budget and how did you implement that on weFunder
1: right so once we had it in the can and we were in post we had to raise that money and so we raised fifty thousand dollars on weFunder so the total production budget is about seven we call it 75 um and you know at the time so I say when I was listening to this podcast I heard about this platform um I I I think Kickstarter and those other the the um the donation platforms it's great if you have like a huge network. Um, or if you come from a wealthy network, um, if you're someone that doesn't come from that, like such as myself, you come from the outside of LA, you maybe don't come from, you know, extremely wealthy family. Um, I found it problematic, especially if you're trying to raise like even $50,000. I mean, if you want to raise, I think I've raised the most I've raised like
0: two before to make a short film. On on crowdfunding versus crowd investing.
1: Donation crowdfunding. Yes. Donation. So like, that'd be Kickstarter, Indiegogo. So when I heard of WeFunder on a podcast, I heard of, there's this um, filmmaker, Jim Cummings, um, pretty uh, successful indie filmmaker. Yes. He'd used it. Um, I heard people were starting to use it. And I'd say that we were about the second wave, not the first wave, but the second wave. So we were still kind of early adopters. And as soon as I heard of this um, investment crowdfunding, I saw it as a solution to the problem I saw with donation crowdfunding because investors could actually get a piece of the project and you know and i think that's only fair anyways so when we saw that you know i really jumped on it and you know it took me like 3 months we we started working with the company and it took me like 3 months to build out the build out the project and yeah the the bar for entry on wefunder is much higher as well so they're they're much more selective with the projects they take
0: so and- so uh, what i was curious about cuz i have yeah. had some friends that have raised 250 300,000 a million at wow. this low budget 50k yeah. what what were your upfront costs on WeFunder and then what was the process of reaching out to people See, like uh, are there legal fees or setup fees
1: yeah so when you approach them i'm trying to think i don't i don't think there's any upfront fees you just have to have your legal really pat so luckily we built our project correctly you know we had an llc we um we were very um very smart with contracts. we did a really good job of building a solid, viable business, and weFunder checks all of that because when you get with they when they clear you to launch, you know they're sending their vine for your project and they're sending it out to a group of um what's the name of they're called they're,
0: vi- their platform, right?
1: Yeah, they're called Verified United States, and In- it's something like I think I'm getting the terminology wrong, but they're verified US investors
0: accredited. Accredited. credit yes a yeah credited investors. investors
1: correct correct and it means that they have a net worth of at least a
0: million dollars or more um, or or an income i yeah. believe of 200,000 a year they're they're yeah. serious players that can afford to gamble a little bit of uh, film investing
1: correct yeah that's that's absolutely it so they want to really make sure obviously that they're they're sending out projects that are good investments right so yeah they checked all that and it took a long time i mean it was we had to go through the sec we had to get cleared with them um, it definitely wasn't a, a a very easy or like quick process. It's definitely an undertaking, but um, we saw you know it was really a, a solution. You know, we we're we had a problem. It's like
0: how are we going to get through post? How are we going to raise the financing? And we we became that solution. So three months in, you get all the paperwork done. You're open for business. Did you and John reach out to friends, family, people you know? Were you pushing people to a link, or? Was this like just random people on the platform that said, hey, this looks like a cool project. Like where, where did the actual investors come from? Yeah, so this is
1: kind of where it gets crazy is we we built the page and then a co- we literally were ready to launch, I think, the week of COVID. So they <laughs> we were talking to the platform and they were like, you know, we, you might want to hold off. And I was like, no, we got to just do it now because if we're going to lose momentum if we don't. So we were actually initially trying to raise a hundred thousand. Um, and I honestly think if it wasn't for um, COVID, I think we would have, because there was a lot of scared money at the time and, and film. Became- yeah. Yeah. People uh, losing
0: their jobs laid off. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. It was more of a film kind of became more of a um, luxury investment. Not, not, not so much of a, a necessity at the time. And it was such a, such a crazy time in terms of no one knew it was going to happen. So um Yeah. When we did launch, obviously we sent it to some friends and family, but really if we could just go to friends and family, we would have done that. We wouldn't have needed a WeFunder. So really we were counting on WeFunder to meet some people with wealth. And, you know, gratefully we did that. We, we basically, as soon as we launched questions started coming in. So these investors really do their diligence. They ask you questions. And I think in our, in our credit, I kind of saw what I set up a page, um, I think that was really important. Is we had a smaller movie, we were competing with films that had a much bigger budgets. Um, We had there were you know tier one with Sundance and South by Southwest winning filmmakers, um, some with much larger you know A list talent in the film or B list talent. So I think what we did, and I think how we had success is I knew that they were all starting from scratch, but we had a film in the can, and we we made a cool trailer. So we were kind of nullifying a lot of the risk that was going to happen with shooting a movie. So we really kind of led with our, we were like, yo, you can invest uh, in yeah. film, but we have a, we have a film in the
0: can. Happening.
1: Yeah. And here's the trailer. So we got the, we made sure the trailer was really good. Um, you know, we were marketing it, advertising that trailer to rack up views, you know, making sure that people saw it, that there was some buzz about it. And And, you know, that's kind of how we competed with those bigger movies. Because there were, were, uh, you know, it was my first film. There were a lot um, more accomplished filmmakers we were competing with. And, you know, we were asking for a lot less money. But, you know, I think it was just important to, you know, lean into our strengths. You know, and we had a completed film. We had a shot film. And so that's how we did it. And that's how we got the attention of those investors. And I think, you know, really, it came down to us. You know, they're investing you know, I'm still friends with our two, you know, we had two really large investors for that, that financed about 80% of that 50 grand. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. So it so, was, so it was, they
0: got some sort of exec producer
1: credit. Yeah. They got, they got a share of the profits. They have executive producer credit and, um, you know, we're still friends with them. I still talk to them. We keep them updated. We're, we're about to send out our first, our first round of, um, return here in January,
0: 2024. Oh, nice. So, was was that from, uh, yeah. to revenues? Uh yeah, it's
1: gonna be from from Tubi revenues. Um, mainly that's our main source, and then also from physical media. Actually, is DVDs. actually doing quite. In fact, yeah. To be honest, like we, we're um we're actually that's really because the sale is so much higher. So so for physical media, we're getting about five dollars a sale. And you know, on on the other nice T VOD's really not a thing. We've had some T VOD sales, but it's
0: not really competitive. Yeah.
1: And Tubi, I mean, you know, it's great because you know. Um, So many more
0: people are watching Tubi.
1: So many people are seeing it, but you're getting, you know, you're getting sad revenue. Right. So, so I mean, it takes, it takes, I don't know how many Tubi watches to, 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 um, compete with one Blu ray sale. So actually, right now, um, we're making
0: more money in, in physical media than anything else. Yeah. So I want to, I want to back up to the the two big executive producers who came in for 80 or 90% of this $50,000. Yeah. Um, you said they started reaching out. Was this kind of like, a chat box where they're emailing back and forth, or did they want to set up a Zoom call with you guys? Did they get on the phone so you could answer questions? Yeah. So once we launched
1: again, they started asking questions. It's kind of like a forum, like um, like a Q and A um forum where they can just ask questions. It's it's right on the WeFunder like built built into the platform, and yeah, you just answer. And I you know I would just spend days and days answering detailed questions, and they'd ask pretty. Pretty good questions that an investor should invest. And then the cool thing is the the questions when you write them, they're there for everyone else to see. So not everyone has to ask the same question privately. Like they ask them publicly, then you answer the question and then every, you know everyone that else that's interested can see that. So you're just building out this long line. And I think, you know, diligence, um, knowing what you're talking about, these things really serve you as a filmmaker, knowing the market. Um, It builds investor confidence because oftentimes they're testing you. You know, they already know. um, They're just kind of seeing if you do stuff like that. So, yeah, it was all it was all on there. And then, you know, you eventually um, I think we did have some asks. Um, One investor wanted to hear from. So our lead actress, she lives in South Africa. Um, She was, you know, especially during after after post production, especially when COVID hit, she went back back to South Africa. So one investor wanted to hear from her. So, you know, we hired her to do a shoot over there to shoot a video and then she sent that in and then we sent that to the investor and then he was happy with that. So he invested. Um, another investor wanted to hear from John because he's our one of our producers. Um, so because I was m- mainly me doing almost all of it, the public facing stuff. So they just wanted to hear from the, the talent. Um, John's also a musician. He can performs in the movie. So they wanted to hear from him. And um, yeah, so I mean, it's just a combination of just fulfilling you know asks and you know you kind of just you never know who's going to come through you know we we also have the opposite end i mean we had one guy i won't i won't ever forget it he he just grilled us and grilled us and grilled us and um i won't name any names but he really built up himself as uh like being a pretty big investor um and you know it made it really made himself look like you know, yeah. he had a lot of money. Or he was going to invest a lot, and he really grilled us more than anyone, more than the other people. And then he ended up investing like a hundred dollars. <laughs> so, like, which, which for for an investment platform, really is is the the bare. It's actually the
0: minimum entry level spend. Um, you you set that right. You can set your minimum on WeFunder.
1: You can set your minimum, but it's uh, it's you know, we were getting most people that came through came through with at least 500. That was about the minimum people would even bother. So it's funny because the guy who grilled us the most and gave us the most kind of showboating ended up investing the least. Mm -hmm. I spent a lot of time on that guy. So it was kind of funny how that works. And then, you know, some people were just like, I love it. I think one of our guys, um, yeah, one of our other guys wanted to have a, he really wanted to um, have a more phone conversation. So one of our investors wanted to see videos from the talent another investor wanted a lot of phone conversations. Um, He was more new to the film investment world. One of them was more savvy. So we, a lot of educating too, you know, a lot of, you know, here's what we're doing. um, You know, here's what's possible. And so, yeah, you know, you just, you just meet everyone where they're at and, you know, just try
0: to treat everyone well. And then, and then someone always comes through.
1: I mean, it's pretty amazing.
0: Yeah. So speaking of educating your potential investors, I'd love you to educate our audience. What were some of the questions that these guys were asking you? That's a good question. <laughs> do, you, do you remember some of them? Like, Let me think. Let me how think. am I going to get my money back? How quickly did any yeah. of that come up? Yeah. Um, What's your marketing strategy? Yeah.
1: Marketing strategy. You know, we also had a complete business plan that we, we, that was available on the page. Um, most of the questions were, yeah, they're about the market, you know, about where the market's going. Um, they were, you know, about the about the genre, or like about you know their opinions on on where you know the market's going. Which some of them were were right, you know. Um, it was uh, it's been getting more difficult, um, kind of every year in terms of returning films. I hope that changes with the strikes, but so like a lot of it was that, um, and. I think what else? Yeah. A lot of it was about like how the waterfall works. So like how the, the return on investment works. Um, again, most of that was already in the business plan, which was great. Um, yeah, but pretty much.
0: And you, you guys, I'm just guessing, I haven't seen your business plan, but I'm just guessing you were pretty realistic with all your potential investors saying, Hey, it's probably not going to go to theaters. It's probably going to go to T-Bod and then A-Bod, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, we were really film festivals was a big part of it. You know, the film, you know, we wanted to do that. Um, And then in the business plan, you know, risk. So the cool thing about WeFunder is WeFunder, basically, the cool thing is, is, yeah, so when you're building the page, you're basically building a business plan because you're basically the whole page is a business plan. And so you're basically building one. So if you actually go through the whole process of going through that, all this clearance, you'll, if you just kind of, you can kind of build your business plan at the same time, because lots of it, like the questions, what you have to explain is basically just an online Curated business plan for investors. And then of course you have your official one that's in a document, but it's basically a business plan. So they kind of have all the information right there. So most of it's them just like riffing off of the plan and all the information available. Um, you know, and it's basically just questions you'd have in any business plan. Um, and congr- yeah, I'm so congratulations yeah, thank on, you. on getting this raise. So
0: it has been a while. It's been like three years since I, I was
1: doing that. Yeah.
0: <clears throat> so then I want to hear about the first time you showed it public. I don't know if it was a cast and crew screening or a festival. You revealed at the end that the whole movie was shot on an iPhone. Yeah. So we ended up throwing, so
1: we want to throw an awesome premiere. I mean, I just think that's really important for small films because, I truly mean this, um, you know, money is always important, but I do think for these smaller movies, independent film, a lot of investors get into it for the experience, you know, like they, they, they usually are making their money. Uh, I know one of, one of ours is in big tech. Um, you know, a lot of it is if they're looking to just make money, I mean, they, they have tech, they have other, there's other industries. I mean, it's pretty common knowledge independent film isn't the most lucrative place, um, you know, there are outliers, but for the most part, it, it, you know, they get into it to be close to Hollywood, um, to have an experience. And so I really wanted to give them that I thought it was important. So we threw in a, you know, we really threw in an awesome premiere. We rented the, the Lamely Royal in Santa Monica. Oh, wow. We, we had, you know, Getty images there. We had a huge red carpet. We had like six photographers, multiple videographers. Um, we all, we pretty much packed the house. And uh yeah it was a really really amazing night and our investors flew in you know they they loved it you know they absolutely loved it and i think you know i think this movie will break even over time i have no doubt about that um but you know it's gonna usually it takes a while you know with how, amount- how many how many yeah.
0: quarters have you had on Tubi uh yet like one you or know, two we quarters
1: just, we just released uh, it's only been a quarter right now
0: oh okay so, okay so you're yeah. you're on the right track if you've gotten a little bit of money already
1: yeah. Yeah. where money's coming in. And, you know, I think over time it will break even. Um, but, you know, you're asking for their patience usually. And yeah. I think that, you know, when you, there's other perks, you know, and I, I I kind of I really think this is important for filmmakers to learn is that. If you come through, you know, come through on the experience for people, you know, if you throw an amazing premiere, one that really feels big, one that feels exciting, you know, you kind of hit all the right beats. Um, you know, we had a great step and repeat, you know, amazing lighting, um, you know, Getty, you know, the whole premieres on Getty images forever, you know, where people can go back on that. Um, I had a publicist for it, you know, we had media coverage. I mean, it was awesome. And so, you know, if you could hit all this stuff and give them a good time, you know, that's, I mean, it's, it's, every investor is different, but I think from, you know, I think a lot of them do it for that reason. That's just the feeling I get. And, and so, you know, if you can come through on that, um, you know, it's a really it's a real good way to keep a good relationship,
0: you know, as well yeah. as obviously making a profitable film. So if you I always ask uh, filmmakers at the end of a session here for advice, if you could give one or two bits of advice to people raising money for independent films, either we funder or just going out and getting equity investors after this whole process, what, what have you learned? What are what are one or two pieces of advice is, advice you like to share? Advice I'd have is just, if when if you want to
1: make a, go through this process, making a micro budget film, um, see it as a, it's really a learning experience, if anything. It's, it's, I'll be honest, I don't, it's not, I don't think it's sustainable making these films. It's not something I'm looking to do again. I'm looking to make a much bigger film with my company now, which we're doing, but it's a great place to start. And oftentimes you've got to make one to get one. You know, you just have to, you have to have a, it's almost like the calling card now, you know, like to be taken Seriously, for a big job, you gotta have, you almost have to have a feature film, um, even if you you know you made it yourself. So my advice would be, you know, just go into it with a learning hat on, uh, be prepared to learn, and if you when you reach out to investors um, or you know during your time of leading up, so your your development time, I'd say educate yourself because it's changing so much. The market is changing so fast with technology. I mean, if I was going to make another one, I'd have to go back into the same education process I was in at the time. And because there's so many companies coming up um, and ways to finance your film that, you know, I'm not even really keeping track of anymore because I'm moving, you know, this film has kind of helped me got get more into a more of a traditional model, which is awesome. But if I was going to make a start from scratch and make a micro budget film now, I mean, I would be listening to every filmmaking podcast I would be, um, you know, seeing what the newest books are for 2023. Don't read the ones for 2021. They're not really relevant. Yeah,
0: now. so you know, true. You, it,
1: it's true. Like, you, it's it's changing so much that, you know, I would just try to get ahead. I mean, it's really difficult to be there first. But if you can, because that that information is usually saved for very privileged people. Like, people that learn about things first are people that are already there. But if you can get there second, like, if you can be listening, and so like for us, I think we were the second wave to WeFunder. I mean, I can't even tell you if WeFunder, and I'm just being honest, I don't even know if WeFunder is a viable financing platform for independent filmmakers now because it's three years later and I, I have been doing other things. I haven't been keeping up with them as much. Um, you can always look into it, but I don't even know if it's as, you know. Uh, but but a, it, a works
0: top top you. Top. it works it worked for you. It works for you. It worked
1: for me. So, I mean, I would say check I'm it sure out. I'm sure a
0: lot of hard work and uh, perseverance.
1: It, absolutely so like that's my advice is just educate yourself try to keep just learn what's new what's like the newest thing and what hasn't been done before because
0: that's really where the gold is awesome honestly. we'll yeah. check out the astrid experience uh now i believe it's on tubi apple and amazon correct yep it's on tubi apple and amazon cal barnes thank you so much for being on the show are there any social media coordinates people can follow you and learn more about your com- production company?
1: Yeah, I mainly just do Instagram. Um, It's just at my name, at Cal Barnes. And there, uh, I'm pretty accessible. I just kind of keep all my stuff there if you want to keep up with me. And yeah, I got some cool stuff coming up and excited to share with everybody.
0: Awesome, Cal. Thank you so much. Really appreciate you sharing all this today. Yeah, Scott. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. And remember, it's time! There's never been a better time to make your own indie film. And if you have a dream project you're excited about and 100% committed to getting it funded, go to financeyourmovie.com and click on the green telephone button. You'll see our calendar. And if you find an open spot, grab it. You'll get a one-on-one call with me or one of my partners. It will be the best hour you've ever spent getting clarity and strategy towards financing your movie. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week.